Hello and welcome to the Good With Money, Smug Money podcast. This is a podcast in which we tell you how to be good with your money and we speak to investment managers who tell us how they're being good with your money. My name is Rebecca Jones and I'm editor of Good With Money. Today I'm joined by Jeannie Boyle who is Chartered Financial Planner and Executive Director at EQ Investors and we're going to be talking all about how to make the most of your tax-free savings allowance as we head towards the end of the ISA season and the end of the tax year. Hi Jeannie, how are you doing? Hi Rebecca, I'm great, thank you. Thanks so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Well, we are coming up to the end of the tax year, which can be quite a fearful time for some people, but it's also an opportunity to make the most of that nice big £20,000 ISA allowance that the government generously gives us all. So I was wondering if you might be able to give us some of your top tips. How does that sound? Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Great. Well, first of all, why don't we talk about why it's important to use an ISA at all? Yeah, so an ISA is basically a way to protect your savings or investments from tax. Uh, so you can save up to 20000 a year, as you said, uh, and the money inside an ISA doesn't bear any tax. There are three types of taxes that you could potentially pay on your savings and investments. If you hold cash, you can pay tax on the interest. Uh, if you have investments, you may pay capital gains tax on the profits that you make when you sell. And you may also pay income tax on the dividends and interests that are distributed from your, your investments. But once you put your money inside an ISA, you're free of all those taxes and the money can grow quickly without you having to pay anything when you take it out. Okay. Now, to be clear, as far as I'm aware, basic rate taxpayers are allowed to earn £1,000 in interest every year, no matter where they're saving. Is that right? That's right. Um, and that's a that's a valuable savings allowance. And to be honest, you with interest rates so low currently, you've got to have a pretty healthy ISA balance to be generating more than £1,000. However, that's quite a new uh, savings allowance. And what we've found over the last few years is various tax allowances have been subject to a lot of change. Whereas the ISA has been around for many, many years, it's a very established part of financial planning. So one of the benefits of investing or saving through an ISA is you're effectively future-proofing your money. Tax rates may change, that allowance may disappear in the future. And also, as you build your savings and investments, the rate of interest will, will naturally increase. Um, and you may find in future years you are going over that £1,000 limit. So for me, it's worth sometimes considering an ISA, even if you think you're not going to exceed the £1,000 savings allowance. Because, yes, of course, we have to think about compounding, don't we? Even if this year the amount that you have saved might not generate more than £1,000, if you're good with your money and you continue to save, then in future years it will. And by having everything sheltered inside that ISA, that means that in 10 years down the line, it will still be tax-free. Absolutely correct. And the other thing to bear in mind is we've got used to having very low interest rates over the last 10 years. In the future, that may not be the case. It's, it's far more normal to have interest rates at around 4 to 5% rather than the, the very low rate that's been established since the financial crisis. Gosh, that would be nice, wouldn't it? I remember that. It, it seems like a lifetime ago, 4 or 5% on cash savings. It does. But the other thing to remember is you'll start paying more on your mortgage as well if um, interest rates do go up. So some will win, some will lose. Yeah, well, well, yeah, with with one hand they give us and the other they take us away. Yeah. 
Well, how do we sort through the ISA jungle, Jeannie? We've got so many now. We've got cash, as we've just discovered, as we just discussed, rather. We've got stocks and shares. We've got the lifetime ISA now, help to buy, the innovative finance ISA. I mean, where do you start? Yeah, it's, it's become quite challenging to know what's best for you. The government love ISAs, and every time they want to encourage people to save, they seem to introduce a new ISA. So, if I, if I was looking, I would start by thinking, well, what am I actually trying to achieve with this money? And then match the right type of ISA to my savings goal. So money that you might need quite quickly, so potentially uh, in the next six months, if you want to have some money set aside for emergencies, that money should stay in cash. So a cash ISA could be a, a good place to hold that. Money that you don't need, uh, potentially in the short term, you could consider investing. Um, because over a longer term, you're likely to get a much better rate of return by, by taking a little bit of investment risk. So stocks and shares ISA might be a better choice for that. If you're looking to buy your first property, there are two options available to you. There's the lifetime ISA and there's the help to buy ISA. The lifetime ISA um, is available to anyone who's under 40 and it offers a government bonus of up to £1,000 on your savings. If you use that money to buy your first property, as long as that property is under £450,000. Now, there's a bit of a catch to the lifetime ISA, because if you don't use your, your money to buy your first property, then you can't access it until you're age 60. So it's a bit of a hybrid between a, a savings project for your, for your first property and a retirement product. If for some reason you don't end up using your ISA to buy your first property and you need to take that money out before you're 60, you have to give the government a penalty of 25% of the value, which is pretty hefty. They're taking back the bonus that they've given you, but also they're taking back all the growth on that bonus as well. So I would, before I invested in a, a lifetime ISA, I'd want to be really sure that I was going to use it for the purpose I intended. Mm. There's also, if you're thinking about um, your first property, there's a help to buy ISA, which is slightly less generous in terms of the bonuses. Um, again, it's 25%, but it's a much lower limit that you can put in every time. Uh, and that's that's a cash product. And again, there's a slight drawback to that one is in that you don't actually get the government bonus until you've completed on the property. So you still need to fund the deposit up front. Uh, and a few people have been let down by that product thinking that they were going to get the money to help towards that deposit. But that's not the case. Um, we also have the junior ISA, which is available to people under 18. So parents can set that up for their kids. But that's a great savings product um, because, again, it's all tax free. Slight drawback to that one is your child can potentially get all of the money as soon as they turn 18. Um, and there's no restrictions on what they can do with it. And then finally, uh, the innovative, yeah, I can't say this, innovative finance ISA. <laughs> a tongue twister, isn't it? <laughs> um, and that's, that's a, a relatively new product, again, which um, is for peer to peer lending. And if you if you look on various websites, there's some really attractive sounding interest rates available uh, with these products. Uh, I would my my note of warning with these would be if you're looking at something that's quoting a very high interest rate, and I've seen rates quoted at around 10 to 12 percent, be aware that you're probably taking a lot of risk with that product. Innovative finance ISAs, they appear to be a lending. It's about you lending your cash either to an individual, to a business, to a property developer, cutting out the bank in the middle. So because you're cutting out that extra extra layer, the rates of return are quite attractive compared to what you get from a bank. But this is not a cash product. It's much, much riskier 
than putting your money in the bank. Yes, I think that's worth bearing in mind as, as it seems like a really uh, nice alternative to cash. And some people do position it that way, but it is it is high risk. Of course, you can do wonderful things with it, especially in this space. There are innovative finance sizes where you can fund community energy products and really invest in the renewable future. But it, we do have to bear in mind that there is there is a lot of risk there. Yeah. there. There are some really attractive sounding products out there. And I would encourage people to look at them, but be aware that they may not be able to get their money back quickly if they need it. There are some quite long lock-in periods. But if you're if you're thinking in terms of money that you can invest over the long term and you're, you're pretty sure that you're not going to need access to it for maybe you know, five, six years, you may be attracted to some of those projects. The one thing to be aware of, again, with this project is there's no protection under the financial services compensation scheme if something goes wrong. Yeah, and that's an important one. So to summarise then, we want to, all of us, make sure that we've got a little bit of cash set aside, so potentially in a cash ISA. Then if we are looking to get onto the housing ladder, then we can look at help to buy and or the lifetime ISA. Yeah. And then when it comes to investing, we've got stocks and shares, which can help us get into quite literally stocks and shares or invest in funds or trusts. And then for a little bit of extra fun, we've got the Innovative Finance ISA, the Lifetime ISA, if you want to use something other than your workplace pension, perhaps, or, or something that you uh, you want to have control of for your, for your own retirement. And then we have, obviously, the Junior ISA if you're a parent. Yeah. That, that's what we've got for now. Um, who knows what we'll have next year? Oh, yes, exactly. Well, I mean, who, who knows anything about next year at this rate? Yeah. yeah. So, all right, that's great. That's a fantastic summary. So let's move on to why to why investing is important. I mean, investing is important in a general sense, but of course, with the stocks and shares ISA or the lifetime ISA or the IF ISA, you've also got investing with tax-free gains. Why is that important? So the importance of investing is the rate of return that you're going to get is likely to be in excess of inflation. When you're holding money in cash, you're getting, yes, some some returns from the interest that you're getting, but usually that's not enough to offset the, the impact of inflation. At the moment, the rate of inflation in the UK is around 2%, and most cash savings accounts don't pay that amount. So effectively, you're losing money. If you had £10,000 that you kept in cash uh, over 10 years, and the rate of inflation was around 2.5%, which is fairly normal in this country, at the end of 10 years, you would only be able to use that to purchase the equivalent of £7,800 today. You've effectively lost just over £2,000 in terms of purchasing power. Wow. Um, and that's by keeping it in a cash account. Yeah, absolutely. So we do say, yes, keeping cash money that you need short term and always make sure you've got that sort of six months worth of expenditure ready to get at it in case of emergency. But for longer term savings, taking some risk by, taking, by investing in stock markets gives you the potential to outperform inflation and get a higher rate of return so you're not just offsetting inflation you're actually growing your money as well and you've got that fantastic power of compounding as well um, so you'll be getting growth on the distributions you get from your your funds too um, yeah. and lots of people are, are put off the idea of investing I think sometimes because of the language we use and in this in this world we talk about risk a lot uh, and there's a there's a danger that people think that that's the same as speculating Investing and speculating are, are, are different things. When you're speculating, you're perhaps looking at something that 
you're taking a bit of a chance on maybe a company that's invented something brand new and it could do fabulously well, but it could tank and the whole thing could collapse. If you're investing in, in well-established companies with track records of, of profit, then the risk is much, much lower. It's really not the same as gambling. It's taking a calculated, considered risk in order to grow your money. And yes, we know that stock markets do sometimes do some really scary things, but over the long term, the growth is, is pretty pretty steady when you look at it over a, a 10, 20 year period. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good point to make. It's not the same as going to the dogs on a Saturday afternoon, investing in a in a fund with a 20 year track history. But, you know, for some people, it can seem that way. And I think that it's it's our job to to try and communicate that, which is hopefully yeah. what we're doing today. So absolutely. moving on onto the long term picture that you mentioned. Now, of course, long, long term, we want to be doing things like ensuring that we all have clean air to breathe and water to drink and land to live on. And that means investing sustainably, which is what Good With Money is all about. So can you tell us why, obviously, this is a bit of a trick question, but why you think that that is important? For me personally, it's important uh, because I want, I want the planet to be around uh, in, in a few years' time. You know, I want the air that we breathe to be clean. I want our oceans to be free of plastic. Uh, and I want my money to be used in a way that's helping to solve those problems. And I know there, there are so many people out there who feel the same way. On a, on a more emotional level, I think investing sustainably gives us more of a connection with our money. I think sometimes in Britain, people feel a bit uncomfortable talking about investments and finances. And what I often find is there's a, there's a big disconnect between people's values and the way their money is being invested. Not just not because they're, you know, hypocritical, horrible people, because they're just not aware of the choices they have out there. Uh, but once they're able to make those choices and, and make their values and their, their beliefs in the world line up with their portfolios, that becomes something that they feel connected to. And they take more of an interest in, in what's going on with their portfolio and being able to look and measure the impact that they're having with their money makes them feel good about it instead of feeling a little bit uncomfortable about the accumulation of wealth. That's a very interesting point. I mean, obviously, you guys had the positive impact portfolios, and we discussed that with Damien in our previous podcast. Is that the sort of feedback that you tend to get from investors that, that go into your portfolios? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so my, my job is about talking to people about their, their money and helping them put a plan together. Uh, and when we sit down and review that plan at the end of the year, people who are invested in the positive impact portfolio, we can sit and talk to them about what their money has done, uh, the, the tons of carbon dioxide that they've saved, the renewable energy that they've generated, the medical interventions they funded, rather than simply talking to them about, well, you know, we, you've got a 5.6% return and the benchmark did this, that or the other. It's, it's real and you can see the benefit that your money is having. And also from a, a financial perspective, in terms of the rewards that you're getting, there's huge potential out there. We know that we need trillions and trillions of, of dollars to solve the world's problems uh, and you can be part of that solution and that's an opportunity in investment terms you need do you want to put your money with an oil company or a tobacco company whose future profitability is severely limited in, in terms of the products that they're making or do you want to move your money towards future solutions renewable energy healthcare those things that are going to get us out of this hole that we're in currently hmm. And of course, as you say, you know, we stand to make a little bit of money on that. Now, of course, we can't talk performance because we'll upset the Financial Conduct Authority. <laughs> but I think it's safe to say that, you know, your portfolios have outperformed the average cash account over the years. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, outperformed the average cash account. They've also, in many years, outperformed the average investment account as well. Uh, for us, that's really interesting. We often hear the old argument that if you invest sustainably, you're going to give up return. Uh, we categorically say that's not true. You will not give up return investing this way. In fact, you might even do a little bit better. Well, I mean, it makes sense, I think, anyway, common sense, that if you're investing with the environment and society rather than against it, that over the long term, you probably will do better. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and this is this is how I invest my money. You know, I wouldn't do that unless I was absolutely convinced this is the right thing to do. This is my pension that we're talking about. Uh, and I believe in it enough to do it, do it myself. Well, that's good to know. It's always good to know that our managers have skin in the game. Well, to, um, to round up then, Jeannie, can you give us some top ISA saving tips? Yes. So people hear the £20,000 ISA, ISA limit and think, oh, God, well, I haven't got £20,000. Um, but you can you can invest a small amount. So my top savings tip would be to set up a small direct debit so it's coming out of your, your pay packet every month straight away at the beginning of the month. And it becomes part of your regular budgeting. Uh, and doing it that way can help you build uh, a really nice little nest egg over time uh, without having to think you're going to do it all in one go. Um, the other thing that I'd say is it's really important to have a handle on your budget and how much you're spending on a regular basis. And that will not just help you save some money. It will give you a sense of control over your finances uh, and once you've done that, you can begin to set some goals for what you want to achieve with your money. And from that, you know, your life as well. It's about thinking long term and imagining yourself in 10, 20 years and thinking, well, what, what are the things I really want to do? Uh, and once you've decided what those things are, or have an idea what they are, you can start saving towards it. Um, and it will help you feel really positive about everyday life if you've got that sense of control and direction. Yeah, it's always nice to know there's a little bit of money behind you, hey? Absolutely. It's all about giving you choices. Money is pointless for its own sake. It's about giving you choices and flexibility in life. That's right. Pointless for its own sake and also pointless buying useless stuff. Absolutely. But, you know, but if you if you if you know that you like to buy a pair of shoes now and again, then don't feel bad about it. Just build it into your budget and be controlled about it. People get really stressed and unhappy when they feel out of control of their money. Uh, and if you're feeling that way, I would suggest come come in, give us a call and we can help you set a budget and feel in control of what you're doing again. Fantastic. Perhaps I'll come in and see you, Jeannie. <laughs> yes, do. Please do. <laughs> OK, well, I think we're out of time. Thank you so much, Jeannie, for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. I've really enjoyed it. And thank you, everyone out there in podcast land for listening in. I have been Rebecca Jones, editor with Group and Money, and we've been speaking to Jeannie Boyle, Chartered Financial Planner and Executive Director at EQ Investors. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.